Support for this podcast is provided by That Cast Creative. Brand your business and connect with your audience by creating a custom podcast. Learn more at thatcast.com. Discover the growing lineup of ThatCast Network podcasts and videocasts at thatcast.com. You know, I just expected that people would just come in and get their stuff and go like a traditional video store. It's been really powerful to see how much our closing has really affected people. I, I It feels really amazing that people, that it's resonating with them so much, the closing, that it's just not the store. They're going to miss us, you know, as people, you know, as it being part of their, you know, bi-weekly or weekly thing, you know. There's Chris Sluzarenko sharing his thoughts on the customer base of Clinton Street Video. They're closing after 23 years in business. We'll talk more about that and more now. The Pacific Northwest Lifestyle Unleashed. It's Locals Only with Chop, presented by ThatCast Network. Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's Chop, and welcome to the Locals Only podcast. And I am standing, recording this podcast in the middle of an iconic video store, Clinton Street Video, with owner, local musician, Chris Sluzarenko. How are you, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Now, we agreed to do this podcast, just have some fun, Mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago. Uh And after we agreed to do it, I'm just chilling. and, And next thing I know, I see the news that you guys are closing. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? It's been a Portland institution here off Clinton, Southeast Portland. And, you know, Portland is known for having these iconic type of indie cultural stores that help define Mm -hmm. the city. And I I was kind of blown away Mm -hmm. to hear the news and, and see the news. And so, you know, I was expected to come in here, have some fun, rap about movies, which we will. Um, but you know, I how how are you doing? I'm I'm doing good. I mean, you have to understand that we started this 23 years ago in 1996. Tina and myself, who opened the store with me, uh, we just had kind of an idea to open a video store. I was working at the film center, Northwest Film Center, for five years, and was kind of just wondering what I wanted to do next. Tina was at the uh, downtown library. And I was just a film nut, you know? And I, I just thought, oh, it'd be cool. I love the Clinton Street neighborhood. Dots had just moved in, so Great the neighborhood place. was just starting to kind of change a little there. And it was also an era where there weren't a ton of young entrepreneurial minded people yet. It was like, there was like Chloe at Reading Frenzy and 1201 and Dots. It was just like, no one in their 20s was like, I want to work for myself yet. And I want to do this. And so it was a little like scary just being like, how do you do it? How do you open a business? I can't look on the internet. I have to go ask someone. I have to talk to someone. So, you know, there was a lot of, um, Dots was a big influence. But we came in at the tail end of that industry already. In 1996, we were told by the banks that we couldn't get a loan because there was a a moratorium on lending to open video stores because all the independent video stores, um, uh, the mom and pops, were going out of business because of Hollywood and Blockbuster coming in. And so um, we couldn't convince them that we would 
do something different or be in a different neighborhood. So we just took a risk and we did it on credit cards and just kept the stock in our house until we found something in this, excuse me, in this neighborhood that seemed right. And, um, it just fit the neighborhood. They loved it. And it, and we grew and we grew, we were originally in the smaller space next to dots. And then we moved into this bigger space we're in now. But, um, you know, uh, it just, you know, technology has changed a lot of things for good and worse. And, and, uh, I just, this is one of the, the fallout of tech is that, you know, people just don't want to leave their house for it as much people aren't willing to go take a 10 minute walk or drive to go get the thing and then go home it's just not part of the language and um you know we did a an amazing job of fighting that or just coexisting with it i guess um but eventually it was just too much um you know it didn't matter how well curated or how cool it was they're just the amount of uh, people I needed to come in the door. Um, it just, it wasn't enough. And I, I've had people have been coming in since day one. I had just had a customer before he got here who's been in literally since the first day. Um, but, you know, they, uh, people can only watch so much <laughs> in, in a given week and you add up how much I'm charging. It just didn't add up anymore. So. Joining us, Chris Slizarenko, co-owner of Clinton Street Video, also in the uh, Portland band Eyelids, which is an amazing band. If you haven't seen them live, I highly recommend it. But, you know, you talk about opening the video store with Tina. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that, like, that one defining moment where you guys were having conversation mm-hmm. you were like, man, let's do this. That, well, that like hair raising yeah, on your arm, like feel good moment. I do. We, we were both in the car. I think I was, I might've been picking her up from work or cause I was working at the film center and she was just down the street at the library and we got in the car and we, we just started talking about, a video store and we drove over here and just looked in windows it was very industrial over here at the time um the space we we're in right now used to be a lumaflex and then after that it was uh, just a workspace like a construction space and um you know just kind of seeing like well how big oh, it's too big I, but i don't know somebody's in there already and just kind of daydreaming a bit um, and we were lucky we opened with the kind of the right size of the store. The, it was a very small space, but it was perfect for what we wanted to do. And, and then we just immediately went to work on dreaming on how to make it work. I mean, it was VHS. So VHS tapes um, were very expensive. They were like Austin Powers VHS I can look it up. It's like, it was like over 70 bucks. And what they did was because there was a loophole to create what video stores could do, which is rent and, um, and not pay, uh, royalties back to the people who made it universal 20th century Fox. It's basically ownership. If you own a book, a record, if you own it, a dish, you can resell it. You can, you know, rent it out. And so, uh, the reaction of the industry was like, okay, you're making money off this tape um, and we're not getting a part of it. We're going to charge you up front for it. 
So I have tons of foreign films that I paid like 83 bucks for wow. that never made the money back, but I had to have it because right. um, it, it went out like twice or three was, times, you know? Was that a challenge? You being a film nut, uh-huh. loving movies, yeah. was it a challenge not letting you as a fan make the decisions as a business person? Um, we were, well, that was what was interesting because all the little stores in town, there was tons on Powell and Hawthorne and Belmont and they, there were just these little mom and pop stores and we were able to go in and talk to them and they were going out of business in 1996 and we got a lot of their stock from them. They were very kind to us. Um, and, uh, so we we were kind of lucky that when we first started a store, we were able to buy used stock um, for much cheaper than it would have cost to do it. But but it was funny, like us getting two tapes of a title was a big deal. It was like, that's a big one. Like Mission Impossible, we were going to have two. And, um, you know, it was just like, all right, that's, a, you know, like... 155 bucks up front and then we'll make it back, you know, in like three or four months. You know what I mean? And hopefully people will still run that. So it, we were really lucky that we got to, we always run it the way we wanted. We've ran it independently without any outside force from either our landlord or the city or, or having people come in and be like, we want to fund you. So, um, it was, it was, it wasn't that much of a challenge. We were really lucky out of the gate and the neighborhood loved it and we grew. And then, you know, there were things over the years, obviously the biggest one being Netflix and, uh, uh, streaming and, you know, bootlegging and stuff like that, that just started taking a chunk out of it. Probably the same way that my store did to, movie theaters and you know there's always been something you know in the industry chipping away at how to get it into your system you know it you know which brings up the point how do you compete if if you're a video store Mm -hmm. okay you move along with the times of technology you went from vhs to dvd Mm -hmm. Okay, well, now the people don't have to leave the home. They have mm-hmm. all of these streaming services. Sure. How how does a video store Well, we we couldn't. And that was the thing. We 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 have over 22,000 things in here. And um hey. Um don't worry about us. Just uh how you doing? You're good. Um you know, we have over 22,000 things in here many that are not streaming or will ever be streamed including some stuff on VHS that will never found its way to DVD there were distributors that did foreign films documentaries music whatever and they went out of business and that they just the rights went away no one knows it exists but the saddest thing for me is not that you can get stuff digitally it's just that the, it's so limited now that, um, you know, I mean, we're obviously independently run and Netflix is a corporation, you know, they're billion dollar corporation. So they're, you know, even as much as they're making some good shows, 
their catalog is really pretty poor these days. And Ooh, they, they, you know, there's no Hitchcock available online. There's no Studio Ghibli stuff online. It's just a sign of the times. You can't give everything to everyone at once and not pay money for those rights. So what was happening was they were when Netflix first started, they had, you know, like, oh, a Scorsese film, somebody wants to watch Taxi Driver. Every time Taxi Driver was streamed, they didn't own those rights. And that was just money going out of Netflix back to whoever owned the rights, Universal, whoever that was. They've put limits on that now because they're like, we want to keep everything internal. So that's why they're making content. And some of it's good. A lot of it's not so good. But what's happening now is Disney is starting a similar thing now and they own you know all the marvel stuff all the um studio ghibli stuff all the star wars stuff and all the touchstones they own their that stuff so that will go to them and then hulu is like their own thing and then filmstruck has the criterion stuff so what which is you can't you can't unless you have you know disposable income it's going to be pretty cost prohibitive to have it all, you know? And even then there just won't exist. You know, there's just things that are just gone that, um, that just won't ever be in the digital realm. So, you know, so there's nothing, there's no way to compete. Yeah. It's just a sign of the times, you know, it's just, we did it and we did it well, and then it's just done, you know? <laughs> it's time to move on. Joining us, uh, Chris Sluzarenko. He is the co-owner of Clinton Street Video. And the time you guys bought and opened Clinton Street Video mm-hmm. to now, did you see some shifts in maybe the people in Southeast Portland, their viewing habits and the way they watched movies and the types of movies? That's interesting. I... I I had people long ago when, when that first started being like, Oh, young people are just not going to be interested. And it's not really the case. It's just individuals, you know, it's, it's, um, it, uh, you know, it, it took time for it to hit us. Um, it wasn't like a sudden thing where there was a massive drop off. It's really only been in the last year and a half that it's just become, beyond operable um and um so we we worked within that system for a long time against it you know or or with it whatever um but i i never felt like it was oh somebody moved here from chicago and they didn't get it i got a lot of people coming in lamenting the fact that their favorite store in chicago closed 12 years ago eight years ago and they couldn't believe they were seeing a functioning video store that had the stuff they were looking for, you know, um, all the obscurities and all the new stuff. So, uh, it, it really is just, I think we're all guilty of it. It's just easier to just, sometimes you're like, uh, I'll just order it and it'll show up in a couple days <laughs> instead of going to the hardware store. It, we're all, we all do it. And so I can't, it's not like I can't wrap my head around it. And I think that's why it's a good time to close is like we all just feel it here um and it we want to feel good about transitioning out of it so you know we're going to be open um till the end till november 18th is our we're gonna have a party at the clinton street theater 
um, to celebrate, you know, what we've done. And, you know, we'll, we'll be renting until the 17th, but we're going to start selling stuff off, um, on November 3rd for two weeks. Um, and I, I feel the same way that I feel excited when people come up and I see what's stack of things they've brought up to rent. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's a cool combination. I'm going to be kind of touched to see what resonates with people that they've always wanted to have. And now they will, you know? Um, so yeah, it's cool. Well, can you stick around for one more segment? Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. So I'm hanging out at Clinton street video with co-owner Chris Sluzarenko. We'll be right back. Locals only. Don't forget to go to thatcast.com. Check the locals only podcast out among others, such as wake up and win and uh, all sorts of cool stuff. Thatcast.com. We'll be right back. Are you thinking of traveling abroad and need that extra protection? Maybe you're a loose cannon with a flair for the stupid. If you answered yes to those questions, then the Ryan Lotke Get Out of Jail Free card is here for you. Call 1-800-USA-GOLD and pick up the card for only $69.69. This card allows a one-time release from behind bars. Whether you're in London, Rio, Beijing, or Los Angeles, 60% of the time, the card works all the time. It's what Ryan Lotke uses, and it's what you should use. Whether you're caught relieving yourself at a gas station in Rio or streaking in the quads. This is the card that will save your ass. Operators are standing by now. 1-800-USA-GOLD. That's 1-800-USA-GOLD. 6969 gets you the card and the master plan, which includes hair dye so you can go blonde like Ryan Lotke, a fake passport to roll by customs, and one alibi. The first 100 callers through also receive a clean urine sample to avoid DNA detection and 10 free swimming lessons from Michael Phelps. Learn the breast and backstroke so you too can evade police in the waters of foreign countries. Call 1-800-USA-GOLD now to get the Ryan Lotke Get Out of Jail Free card. Operators are standing by. Want to advertise on this podcast or one like it and reach a targeted and engaged audience? Go to thatcast.com to start reaching our audience. Welcome back, locals only, thatcast.com. You can check out the podcast there. I am in Clinton Street video which is closing next month in November with co-owner Chris Sluzarenko talking movies, talking about the video store, the history of it. Um, you know, you get, you had a job for 23 years. This place was yeah. open for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and I look at it kind of like how awesome it would be for me to work at a record store. Right. It's like neck and neck. I love movies. Yeah. I love music. Yeah. I mean, you know, and you're a musician. How mm-hmm. cool was it to be able to talk to people every day about movies? Well, that was the surprising thing. I mean, I was lucky. I got to pick every, th- I've picked out every single thing in here is my fault. Like <laughs> all these films are my choices. Um, but the one thing I didn't expect was that it would be so social. Um, you know, I just expected that people would just come in and get their stuff and go like a traditional video store. And um, it's been really powerful to see how much our closing has really affected people. Uh, you know, they've people like their kids have grown up here. People have, you know, gone, you know, like I've seen people you know, the, I, I know whose parents have Alzheimer's. I know people who've gone through, you know, family members passing away and births and, you know, marriage and divorce. And, 
you know, all, you know, hope and, you know, this oversharing weird things with me, you know, it's just been cool. Like people just have become really, um, they've just seen me in here for so long that I'm kind of like, they know me, even though we just know each other from here. And I think that I, I, it feels really amazing that people, that it's resonating with them so much, the closing, that it's just not the store. They're going to miss us, you know, as people, you know, as it being part of their, you know, bi-weekly or weekly thing, you know. Do you find that you were able to make a lot of friends through the video store? And that was kind of a catalyst not just you know obviously the majority of the customers mm -hmm. are just that they're customers and mm -hmm. you have that surface dialogue with them but yeah. you know have you built some lasting relationships that was uh spurned on by the video store yes and no i mean i think a lot of it is like they have their moments with me i have them with them in the moment we talk you know right. and then and then they're like, we'll see you soon. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like, there's something kind of like, like uh, very, uh, what's, I, I don't know the right word, but it's very, it's like, it's not confessional, but it's like people will really tell me how they're doing. Like a bar, like a bartender. Yeah. I, I'm, you know, really interested in like how people are doing for real. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they want to go have dinner with me or, you know, have a beer, but they definitely like are going to come back and we're going to catch up and in a, in a real way or not like a, Oh yeah. That, you know, thanks for the money, you know, I'll see ya. But like in a, you know, like a legitimately caring way. Cause if you, if you have a, a, even the smallest relationship with someone over even five years, you see that person every five years as the same people and you you start the conversation it, it will end up somewhere you know and so and you know our lives are complicated i mean we we you know humans <laughs> we go through a lot and, and so and especially right now people are really you know people are in a lot of pain right now and so it's like i've i've felt it and i've heard it and it's been good to just just check in with people you know um, it sounds silly just, you know, but it is, it is kind of like being a video bartender. I always said that right, yeah. to people that like, it was just the social thing, um, was the best. And that was one of the hardest things about closing it. But also one of the telling things was that when, when there was less of those moments because of the infrequency of people being able to come in, it just, it did make a, a difference to me. You know? you know, the, the cool thing though is you are having kind of a, a celebration at Clinton Street Theater. When is it again? Uh, the theater, it'll be the day after the final day of the sales. So the the, the 18th. The 18th is okay. when we will have from 1 to 3 right. at the Clinton Street Theater will be a, 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 a celebration that's, of the store with people. You know, that's cool. Yeah, you it's going to be fun. People that have grown up with Clinton street video and it's been a big part of their life. Mm -hmm. They can kind of have, all right, a culmination of a, a celebration. Um, and I think that's cool that you guys are giving that back to the community. You don't always see that yeah, sometimes more times than not. Let's not just say sometimes mm -hmm. the business 
goes somewhere else mm. and that's it. You just, yeah. it's open one day and it's closed the next. Right. There's no kind of closure for the community. I've talked to a lot of customers about that in the last week that they worked places where all of a sudden they just show up and they're like, yeah, we're closing. When we're closing now, like, and they're like, Oh, or they show up and the door's locked or whatever. And I'm just like, you know, I, I, my employees are great. I mean, Todd has worked here 18 years. You know, Tina's been here. I've been here. Uh, Eric's been here forever. And it's just, you know, I wanted to, we, we, I wanted to make sure we all felt it and we did, you know, we, it wasn't a surprise when we had to decide to do it, but I'm glad that also, I think we were very fortunate to be able to open it when we did, um, you know, retail space was not being fought over. Um, I didn't need a business plan or a business partner. I just was like, I have an idea. <laughs> and the landlord's like, cool. Uh, you know, hope it works out. And um, it wasn't that scary. You know what I mean? Um, I had, and, it, and it's really defined my life. It's defined me. And so that's been really cool. It was a real gift to do that. And I'm, uh, I, I don't know, I don't know if it would be that easy to, start something like that again, you know, in this town with just the way it's heated up. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it'll be cool. And I'll be interested to see what, you know, like I know that we're a puzzle piece of the neighborhood, but I'll be curious to see what happens too, you know. Chris Slizarenko, our guest, co-owner of Clinton Street Video. They are closing next month in November after 23 years. You know, look, this isn't this isn't a big shocker to you. I'm a big fan of mm -hmm. eyelids. As a musician, is that going to be your focus now, or do you have other kind of ideas that you kind of want to mm -hmm. explore? Well, for the last the, the only for the last year and a half, I've been uh, freelancing with Ica Music. I was made a partner uh, recently. Um, it's a it's a music production house that does music for you know, TV and film and stuff. And, uh, and I was really honored about that. And that's how the store has been able to stay open. But now the store needs even more than that. So, you know, working 40 hours here and that, and it's still not making it, you know, made, you know, even though it's freelance, it's like, all right, I'm going to go more into that. Um, I'm really proud of the music I've done, you know, over the years, whether it's been like a band like eyelids, you know, um, you know, obviously having the store gave me the freedom to leave and go on tour and do things like that. But I always did it so that it wouldn't affect the store. You know, I couldn't like the store couldn't, uh, support that and vice versa. It was just like, they were separate things. So, but I'm going to, I'm going to stay, you know, creatively in film and music and, um, and just, I just won't just be doing retail, you know. Now, before I cut you loose and get out of your store, <laughs> okay. you have work to do. Uh -huh. uh, top five movies on a deserted island. Well, that's hard. It used to be really easy when I started because I was young <laughs> and I hadn't <laughs> seen as much. But now, I mean, I've, like I said, I've seen so much. I'm I putting just, you on the I'm spot. just going to say... I'm going to tell you five films that I that I that I that I've seen. Some are newer, some are older. Um, I'm just going to say five. So, 
I think probably my favorite film is Brazil by Terry Gilliam. I just think it's a really amazing combination of drama, comedy, and sci-fi. And it's just just somebody's crazy vision. He fought for it. It almost didn't come to fruition. You know, they took it away from him. They're, you know, all, just a crazy story. Um, and it's just, it's just, I don't know, I find it a really inspiring piece of work. Um, uh, probably tied for second place would be something like Black Orpheus or Wages of Fear, both foreign films that are just um, hauntingly beautiful, um, just uh, and, and beautifully shot and just uh, emotionally engaging. Wages of Fear was remade as Sorcerer in the 70s with Roy Schneider, but originally it was a, uh, a film um, that was... Uh, it's, it's basically about uh, people trying to get out of a country and the only way they can raise money is by driving a truck full of nitroglycerin across this impossible terrain. <laughs> and they're all just like ex-criminals and stuff. And they're despicable people, but by the end, you're totally rooting for them to live. And Black Orpheus is just a great tale of right. the Orpheus story. It's just, it just takes place during Carnival. Um, films I've seen lately that I love, I love um, this film Force Majeure. Um, he also made a film recently called The Square. Um, and Force Majeure, his films are really great. They just kind of are about the little misunderstandings that people have every day where it's like, why did you say that? And they're like, I didn't say that. I totally heard you say that. Why would you? And like, no, I would never say that. And then it just having ripples. Right. And it's a really great comedy and drama. Um, uh we Are the Best um, is probably the best film I've ever seen about what it's like to try to start a band. Um, it Most films about music are really phony, and you're just like, yeah, that is not punk rock, there, or there, that is not it, garage it, rock, and that's not, like, this is not real. It seems like they're formulaic. Yeah, and it's just like, they, it's just it always blows my mind. Like there's sometimes people will do biopics about crazy dark bands like the germs or the runaways. And you're like, the story is only going to be told once. And you chose to tell it in like a really corny, bad way. Um, this film is about three teenagers that get together and, um, they decide to form this band and, um, it's about their relationships and, trying to figure out how to learn to play and it's just it's really amazing um and that came out a couple years ago um fifth one more you know what i'll just say one (laughs) one that i just i watch all the time but it's it's not any good what is it um guilty pleasure yeah i mean i just play it in the store and people just stop and watch it and they're like "Uh, what are you watching um, there was a, a filmmaker in L.A. who w- wanted to be an auteur. His name was Ray Dennis Steckler. And um, like Mystery Science Theater, I've done a couple of his films. And you could tell he was super influenced by like Fellini and like French cinema. Like he tried to do high art and the colors in it and the style, but it just doesn't. It's just like in a, like a corny carnival horror kind of thing. So... But he made these, but but he made mostly horror films. But one time he made 
these three short films that were he thought were going to be like for kids and they are so weird <laughs> and so cool and it's like i just think they're really fun and weird and you're like you can tell they just thought they were making great art and there's something about the like let's put on a show thing that i always still love you know like the kind of naivety of just being like yeah yeah, that's great. Let's now keep now. What if? Okay, well, what if you just jump out of the bushes now? Let's do that. Okay, okay, let's do that. You know, and it's it's dumb fun. So there you go. Five movies you need on a deserted island from Chris Slizarenko, co-owner of Clinton Street Video. And listen, go, they are selling. They're going out of business next month, November. But you can celebrate with them at the Clinton Street Theater, Sunday, November 18th from 1 to 3. There's going to be snacks, all kinds of cool stuff. And they're selling all of their stock. And that is beginning Saturday, November 3rd at noon until the 17th. So check it out. Come down here. Say hello. Say goodbye. Yeah, it's cool. uh, It's it's cool being like, you know, part of, you know, mid old Portland. Right. It's going to, yeah, it's going to be cool. Well, Chris, I appreciate you taking time. No problem. And uh, we'll be right back to wrap it up. It's uh, locals only, thatcast.com. Having trouble T-bowing? Does your form need a little work? Do your peers in Bible study laugh at your attempts at T-bowing? Well, thanks to the development staff here at Heaven's Gate Productions, we have answered your prayers. The Art of T-bowing home video is here to help your inner T-bow. Step-by-step instructions on how to properly T-bow. From standing to kneeling, it's all here in one DVD. The DVD also comes complete with bonus commentary from T-bowing. Tim Tebow. Call toll-free 888-JOHN-316. That's 888-JOHN-316. First 316 callers get a bonus Jesus Christ bobblehead. Don't hesitate. Call now at 888-JOHN-316. Angels are standing by. Discover the growing lineup of ThatCast Network podcast and videocasts at ThatCast.com. Now, back to chop on everything from bourbon to bicycles on Locals Only. Welcome back, locals only, thatcast.com. We appreciate uh, you listening. You can subscribe at thatcast.com, rate, review, go to iTunes, subscribe there, download it. We appreciate the support, and it's because of your listenership that this podcast and others at thatcast.com are growing by the minute. So thank you again for all of your support. Uh, this past weekend, I was out at Alpen Rose Velodrome catching some local cycling. It happened to be the 25th annual kickoff of Cyclocross Crusade. And while I was out there, I caught up with Stephanie Larson of USA Cycling. Here's how it went with her. There are two USA-sanctioned events on the calendar this year, and I'm here with Stephanie Larson of USA Cycling. Um, how's the event going so far? Great. have pretty good turnout so far. And what's your position with USA Cycling? I am Director of Business Development, so I um, help uh, provide benefits for all the race directors that sanction with USA Cycling. How long have you been with USA Cycling? About three and a half years. So does it take you around the country? Uh, Yes, we do a lot of travel. Now, with two events being USA Cycling sanctioned, how did USA Cycling decide on the two events? Um, actually, we wanted the whole series to sanction with USA Cycling, but um, you know, Kevin and the rest of the race directors decided that they'll sort of baby step uh, into the program and do two of the events. You know, how do you see the growth of cyclocross 
in the United States from maybe when you started three years ago to now? Well, numbers are pretty um, the same from when I first started. Uh, they're doing a lot better than our road numbers um, or even mountain bike, but Cyclocross is doing pretty well. Well, I appreciate it and good luck. Thank you. And that was Stephanie Larson of USA Cycling. Be sure to tune in at thatcast.com. You can download this podcast, among others, such as Investing Simplified, the Oregon High School Sports Podcast with Billy Gates, and Wake Up and Win with Devon Pouncey. So go to thatcast.com, download the podcast, subscribe, and rate and review. We totally appreciate it. And I will be back next week where I divulge what my sign is. Is it Aries? Is it Taurus? Who knows? I'll talk at you next week. See ya! Discover the growing lineup of ThatCast Network podcasts and videocasts at ThatCast.com.